The following program was previously recorded. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to night number one of our Best Life Week of webcast. About 100,000 of you are joining us right now. Yay! In our worldwide web classroom from South Africa to Singapore, Australia to Afghanistan and everywhere in between, including all 50 U.S. states. So, hello, world. I had this idea to kick off 2009 with a solid week of Best Life Oprah shows, followed by an entire week of webcasts that would help give all of you the information and inspiration, hopefully, to create the change you've been wanting to be and the change you've been wanting to make in your own lives. So I'm doing this as much for myself as for all of you. You know, you teach what you most need to learn. So I wasn't living my best life last year, as you heard me say in last week's uh, uh, Monday show. And we're starting off with how to get back on the wagon, uh, which I talk so much about in uh, this month's edition of O Magazine. I said I'd not only fallen off the wagon, the wagon had fallen on me. Last Monday on The Oprah Show, I shared with you my own story about uh, falling off. And after that, so many of you, thank you so much for uh, emailing us, saying that my story is your story, that you're also uh, in the struggle to lose weight once again. Your life is out of balance. You put yourself last on your priority list. That's what I did last year. I wasn't even on the list. And you can't believe that you're fighting those same pounds again. Well, joining me to help get us back on track, to get the wagon off of our heads and put ourselves back on the wagon, is um, fitness expert Bob Green, who is uh, over the past 15 years become a brother and friend to me. Um, Bob is the author of The Best Life Diet and the brand new Best Life Diet Cookbook with wonderful, delicious recipes, one I just had for dinner. We're also taking your calls live. We want to hear from those of you who have questions about how to get back on the wagon and stay there. So you can start calling us right now. The live phone line is on the bottom of your screen. There it is. 1-866-OPRAH-XM. Is that it? Good. That's 866-OPRAH-XM. Uh, so start calling now. Tonight we're going to give you uh, specifics about Bob's diet, best life diet, and exercise plan, but nothing will help until you figure out what the weight is really all about. And that's the emotional component. Bob has an exercise that he calls the circle of life. So let's put that on the screen. You're wearing green. I am, and you too. Did they tell you to wear green? No, no. I think you did on the uh, show. You said, um, Try to set. Let's, yeah. let's match in a little match bit. So I've never seen Bob Green wear green. Yeah. Okay, so let's put up on the screen right now so that everybody can see what we're talking about. Okay, Bob, explain this. Oh, hi, by the way. Hi, Bob. Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah. Um, this is really asking yourself what's important to you is another way to say it. So what's important to you? Yeah. In other words, each person could be a little different, but there are certain categories that uh, always come up. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes you have to prompt it. Is your health important? Uh -huh. If you've known anyone that's lost their health, you know that's part of a fulfilled life. Another way to ask this is what is part of a fulfilled life to you? Not necessarily how you're living your life right now, but what, is, what a is a fulfilled life? Fulfilled, meaningful life to you. So you get to create and paint what you think would be the perfect life for yourself. Well, yeah, I think that's really a, an amazingly powerful question. Well, this exercise is really powerful for several reasons. One, when I do this with just about everyone I work with, uh, the first thing is just so simple. What is important to you? And many people just say, well, I've never, uh, I've never asked myself that. So that's the fascinating part is... So you just assume all the, your, all the stuff you're doing is obviously important to you. Yeah, so it is yeah. very important just to ask yourself, what is important? 
And the next step to the exercise uh, is really Okay, to... so tell me again. So you do the circle. You divide it up into as many pies as you want, correct? Yes. Uh, eight is typical. If you get, uh, you can go to six. Some people uh, have a problem filling in two or three. There's a problem. Uh, if you get five, six, seven, or eight areas that are important to your life, that, that's good. That's, that's a good step. So you identify um, those areas, and that's the first step. But then the next one is to identify, well, how well are you doing in each of those areas? And I have you fill in a positive sign. If it's going pretty well, for example, if your finances are fine, that's not a stressful area. Yeah, mine are fine. I'm not stressed I there. think you're doing pretty well there. You're doing okay there. You put a positive sign. Okay. You can do that if you want. Okay. Uh, how are your friendships? Uh, how your family is one that we see on, on most people. That's uh -huh. important. Uh, career, how's that going? Do you enjoy what you do? Uh, yeah, I'm doing really good there. Yeah. Uh, health and fitness. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have an answer? Are you doing this uh, also no, I'm along just, with us? I'm, I'm Bob. Here, we're talking to the people. And <laughs> uh, really, health and fitness are similar, but other categories, community, your sense of uh, community, your sense of spirituality, uh -huh. whatever is important to you, you ask yourself, you put it down, and then you rate it as either positive or negative. And that's extremely important just to identify, wait a minute, this is... Suppose it's some positive and some negative, because you know, everybody has issues is. with, with, the, with their family. Some things go very well with family members, some things don't go so well. Well, there's where you have to say it needs help, it needs improvement, it needs attention, and you have to make a judgment call. Maybe it's going okay, but in general, most people know. Is it going well, or is it going uh, not so well and needs attention? Now, Bob says that the circle of life will help you start figuring out what's out of balance in your life and what's at the core of your, 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 your weight gain. That's what you say. Now, I got this interesting email from uh, Linda from Indiana, and she said this. I thought this was good, Linda. She says, I've fallen off so many wagons, there should be nothing left of me. I was watching your show last Monday, and I'm sorry, but I didn't get the statement you made. I guess she's talking about you or I, I don't know. Why does the reason I eat a whole bag of cookies always have to be some deep, dark feeling or loss inside of me? Couldn't it just be I like to eat cookies and have no willpower to stop it too? I'm not thinking I hate myself or my mother as I'm eating the cookies. It's because I like those cookies. This is what Linda's saying in Indiana. I'm a happy person who likes to eat. I enjoy eating out, eating in, fast food, slow food. I know what I should be doing, but I'm lazy. So um, my question to you, isn't sometimes a cookie just a cookie? Well, the first thing I would ask her, I'd like to know, uh, is she struggling with five pounds? Is she struggling with 50 pounds? And you might say, well, is there a difference? There's a big difference. Okay. If you're eating to the point and you're just saying, oh, I enjoy food, but you're carrying an extra 40, 50, 60 or more pounds, yeah. there's an issue there. There's I've been doing there. this 27 years and I've never seen that person. Let's see if we can get her on the phone. Let's get Linda on the phone somewhere. Okay, good. Uh, go and, ahead. And my other question is uh, to Linda, it'd be great to, to correspond with her, and that is, uh, we know someone that struggles with alcohol is a really good example. If you ask that person, they probably really like alcohol. Or anything, uh, a sex addict, probably if you ask them, yes, I, I really like sex. The food is a very subtle, it's more socially acceptable than those uh, two other addictions. Okay. And you have to see it every day of your life. So it's very easy to sweep things under the carpet. It's why the circle of life is so important. If some area, I can promise you, when I've had a client that says the same thing that Linda's saying, yes. There's, and we go through. I used to be you, Linda. That's true. I used true. to be you, Linda. I used to say, look, I, Bob, I just like potato chips, and it's all about the potato chips. And obviously, I know now that it's not. I just did this, and the person, the other day, and the person said, 
okay, look, and I went uh, through the circle of life, and they completely left off a romantic relationship of their circle. That was an important point. And when I said, well, that's odd, well, that's not important. I have my daughter. I don't have my uh, significant other. Well, A, she didn't put it down there, and yeah. B, she was saying how important food was. You can obviously see immediately that that food replaced an intimate relationship. Uh -huh. we, we need that. Uh -huh. And so when you start breaking it down, the people that claim, oh, I just like food, if you like it to the point where you're carrying in, uh, extra weight and you're significantly impacting your health, that's not just you like food. There's an issue behind that. I can promise you. Okay, so let's go to this issue that... Um, Actually, I write about this in the March issue of O Magazine, where you and I have been arguing for years and about this whole issue of worthiness. I'm going to get to some Skypers here in a moment. But I'm wondering whether or not this also, Linda from Indiana, falls under that category of worthiness. And, you know, Bob and I for years, y'all, have been arguing about, uh, uh, and we argue very well. This is one person I argue with. You know, yeah, very, it's a very graceful argument yeah, I mean, in most cases. In most cases. Some, a couple times I've walked out. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, you were saying to me for years that this is an issue of worthiness for me. And actually, you had said it last Monday, and I took that out of the tape because I didn't want that whole thing be, Oprah doesn't feel that she's yeah. worthy. Because I really do feel, as I've said to you many times, that I really do... I am not one of those people who thinks that because... Um, that I haven't earned my success and that I don't deserve it. Yeah, I had an I, epiphany, though. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think you were right for taking it out because we couldn't elaborate on that, and many people would have taken that, that you... I, that and I you don't think I deserve Deserve success. your success. Yeah, I don't it's think not that. that. I don't However... Think, I don't feel that way at all. What people don't understand is not feeling deserving of anything is the biggest barrier to success in that particular area. And a great example is... In that particular area, meaning losing weight. Losing weight or career, whatever we're discussing. But let's use weight. Since okay. That's let's use weight because that's what everybody's And here. let's say that you know for a fact that there have been times... Actually, you've been very consistent. And when I replay that show, I think you were a little tough on yourself. However, it became your moment to say enough, which everyone needs to reach before they reverse things, which is good. But I think you were tough on yourself. You may have forgotten, but you've lost a total of 90 pounds. You put back on 40. Most of the people that have lost 50 or more pounds, the yeah. vast majority, 95%, by most accounts, gain it all back. So you did stop the processes. And I felt you were pretty tough on yourself, but I was also okay with that because it reversed the wheels. And as you know, you started paying attention to the things you needed to. Yeah, but let's get to this question of worthiness. Uh, because I think this affects everybody who is listening to us because I was one of those people who completely denied what Bob was saying about me not feeling worthy. And what I realized is I do feel worthy for my professional success. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would never say disagree with that statement. Yeah. I do feel worthy for all the things that I have worked hard to earn. But what I realized, and this may affect you all too, is that... Any time you take yourself off the list, any time that you allow yourself to give and give and give and give to other people, somewhere, if you peel back the layers, the reason why you do that is because you think other people's issues, other people's desires, other people's needs are more important than your own. That's one of great example. And I love the fact you brought that up with Linda's example because her last line was, I'm lazy. I'm lazy. Now, that's really an important statement. 
because when you can physically write or say those words, you're reconfirming that core belief that you're not worthy. Yes. Or another way that affects everyone that's fallen off the wagon, when you commit to this way of life of eating the right foods and exercising on a regular basis, being an active person, yes. and you say, in particular, I'm gonna start Monday, for example, yes. Monday rolls around and you don't do what you say. That's right. Your conscious mind says, oh, I was really busy. And you, that's what the conscious mind is there for, is to make you tell yourself you're okay and get through the day. Yeah. However, your unconscious mind processes the fact that, you know, I didn't do what I said I was going to do. Right. That's where you, your unconscious, that's why everyone always says, well, okay, I think I'm so, worthy. But unconsciously, you're saying, I didn't do what it takes to yeah. be successful. Oh, so that's, that's the other thing I clicked on uh, that may be helpful to you all. Anytime you've, you, you say you're going to do something for yourself, and the truth of the matter is, I will not break a commitment to a living human being. I mean, that's why I went to Africa for the weekend. Bottom line is, I had said to the teachers, I'm going to show up. When the, when the time came around, I was so exhausted. As I said on the show today, I just got back from Africa yesterday. Uh, I was so exhausted when the time ran around, but I did it because I had said I was going to do it. I won't break a commitment to another person, but we all who have said, I'm going to start the diet on Monday, I'm going to do this this time, I'm not going to let, I'm going to quit smoking, I'm going to whatever, we all lie to ourselves. And when you do that over and over again, your subconscious, don't, you don't even trust yourself anymore. There you go. And you reinforce the fact that I'm not worthy. Right. Of whatever it is and you're seeking. And that's what you mean by not worthy, because you would not do that to another person. There you go. You're valuing that person. You're saying they're worthy yes. of my attention and my commitment. Yes, and my truth. And your truth. My truth. And the reverse is true, that when yourself, if you say you're going to do something. It was, and you don't. And you don't. Yeah. Do you remember, I just got asked on an interview, um, is this true? It was like they were shocked that uh, you wanted, you were doing something, it was a, a monumental uh, experience for you. You were hosting something or you had some wonderful thing, but you had just signed a contract with me, no alcohol. Yeah. And you had said, well, what, I, can I get out oh, of that? It was the Emmys. I got the, the Lifetime the Achievement yeah, Award. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, do, I do look unreasonable. However, it's not about having the alcohol or not having the alcohol. It was that I said it's I wasn't going to have it. honored that commitment yeah. that you had just put worse in writing. Uh, yeah. and, and it was more about honoring your commitment. It's a double-edged sword. Okay, so this is about telling the truth to yourself and the worthiness is about when you lie to yourself. Anytime you've lied to yourself, it, you did that because you felt you were unworthy. That was the big aha moment for me because I've been arguing, yeah, I'm worthy. Of course I'm worthy. Well, Jill is Skyping from her dining room. Jill, you're wearing green too? What can I say? It's Best Life Week. <laughs> it's what? Best Life Week in St. Paul. So I hear you did Bob's Circle of Life exercise. And what, yes, what, what, yeah, and what happened when you did that exercise? Well, you know, it wasn't easy. Some of the parts of it were easy for me, but I have to admit when it came to fitness and health, which are the areas that I struggle with most personally, I, I had to walk away from it, go do something else and come back to it so that I could come up with an answer. Um, so what was in your circle? Can you tell us that? Do you mind sharing that? Oh, in the health and fitness? No, you did the circle, oh, the complete circle. Oh, yes. And what so were that, the things that were important to you when you divided up your pie? What was important? I had eight categories. And um, I actually borrowed mine from a book that I saw mentioned on your show many years ago, um, Carol Adrian's Purpose of Your Life. Mm -hmm. And um, it's one of my favorite books. And I've done this exercise, a kind of a version of it before. So I had spiritual alignment, romance and intimacy, 
family and friends, money, health, fitness, fun and recreation, and career and life purpose. And, you know, money is positive. Um, Good for you. Career and life pur purpose were positive. Yeah. I, I feel like I've been on a great track. Um, spiritual alignment was positive for me. Yeah. Uh, and it was funny. It was in talking to the producer, the lovely producer who kind of walked me through these things, that um, she brought up romance and intimacy, which I would say, you know, is a, it's a good category for me, but I, I have a, a negative in it. And that's because, you know, I have lots of intimacy with my husband. I love him dearly. He's a terrific guy. But it, when it comes to romance, uh, what I identified was that our shared time is largely practical. We used to work at the same school and, you know, our time together was doing things related to that school. Our quality time is grocery shopping, uh, mm. going out to eat, but nothing that isn't practical. Yeah. And so yeah. the concept of, you know, emphasizing things that are practical popped up for me. And then, you know, I, I sort of realized that just in terms of my, my values, my upbringing, um, the way that I approach the world, that, you know, there isn't a place in that value system to value fitness and time invested in it. Mm -hmm. um, what I recognized was that I am a doer. And I learned very early on in my life to do the best you can on homework and do the very best you can on tests. And that will give you security and happiness. Um, but what I recognize is that health and fitness belong to a category of being. And I'm very uncomfortable just being. So in my, you know, the, the one thing that but I also, do, But they also belong to the category of, you know, taking care of yourself. Honoring yourself. Of honoring yourself. I, I recognize that, but the, the big aha for me was that my value system didn't include that. Mm -hmm. okay. So, you know, based on the way that I was looking at the world, I wasn't out of balance because it wasn't even, you know, a, a part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's been really big. I hear you. What I like about I hear you because I, I I would I would probably you know I've been saying that you know this is a year I'm gonna have more fun I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even put uh, at another time I wouldn't have even put fun and recreation last year I wouldn't have had fun and recreation even in a circle because that's that yeah. would have been unheard of you know and everybody think thinks I'm having all this fun but really <laughs> what I'm doing is working a lot you know yeah and that's when you say out of balance I don't know if that came through on the show. But a lot of your life goes towards uh, your business, your career, yeah. your communicating, whether it's your magazine or the TV show. My school. Your school. 8,000 miles away. Yeah, but so fun was not a part of it. And so when I would get time off, I'm just really trying to, to, to rest, to try to regroup. So What, what I loved about Jill, Jill's story mm -hmm. is uh, the fact that she did the exercise. We really didn't have to point out anything. And you could see by her expression, she really got it. It's the yeah. purpose of this exercise is, in particular, it's interesting, Jill, that you mention your health and your fitness. And those are really important. Uh, I would even, those are just things that are the easiest things to remedy. However, uh, I was most interested in um, your 
intimacy theory. And I, I would, if I'm doing a quick consult with you, I would spend a lot of time, if we were working out together and on a treadmill, I'd find out how you change that, because that's going to be the more difficult one um, for you. The health and the fitness is waking up. Those are simply part of the process. It's always in one of those other areas. And I looked at your expression while you were describing that, and I can tell that's a very important area that uh, probably won't be that difficult. You have a good relationship, but it's going to have to go deeper. And then I think you got that. So it's not much else I can say. It sounds like the exercise really worked for you, and, and you uh, really had some revelations that will be important. Yeah, the, the question that Oprah posed on the show last week was, you know, what are you really hungry for? And what are you feeding? And what I recognize that it's, in a lot of ways, a deficit of pleasure. Wow. Well, uh, I, I want to jump in there because this whole process, uh, people don't want to talk about pleasure. It is about pleasure. Don't you write about that in O? I do. Yeah. I do. As, as a matter of fact, uh, I did that in the January issue of O. That's what this is all about. And we all think we want to either feel guilty for pleasure. It's not going to change. We will always seek pleasure, and we will always uh, try to avoid discomfort. And if you think about it, it's, it's why uh, when you have the, the choice, if you do an exercise book, uh, it's not going to do as well, because that represents discomfort for most people. We avoid that. And we're like clockwork of seeking pleasure and uh, avoiding discomfort. Yeah, you do you have a copy of O Magazine, the January issue? Oh, you know, I, yes, I, I bought it, and every single article yeah. hit me in the face. Oh, good. Well, that's, what, well that's, that's so interesting that you mentioned the pleasure, because that's what Bob talks about. And when he first said, I'm going to write about, you know, this whole pleasure deficit, I go, oh, God, now what does pleasure have to do with it? It's great. So have you made the connection? Have you made the connection between what's missing in your life, what you're hungry for, and the eating? Definitely. Okay. I think, you know, for me, I have always been very success-oriented that, you know, to, to get out of the town that I grew up in, I needed to get the grades and be the best. And I always right. did that. I mean, I, I, you know, I barely had fun in high school, um, but I got terrific grades. And at age 33, you know, cookies make you feel good. <laughs> and, and like, okay. I totally get that. Yeah. And I would never have thought it. I would have thought it was a failure of will. I would have thought that it was, um, you know, something else that I wasn't doing right, but I would not at all have thought that it had anything to do with pleasure. Wow. Well, Jill, the next step for you, if I might, is you take the leap. You've recognized it. That's great. Uh, but obviously you're seeing that you get a temporary pleasure from food. This whole process is really about taking that same energy and putting it into those other areas that have the negative sign. In fact, when you're pulled to a refrigerator is a golden moment. Um, golden in that it's an opportunity to change your choices. And you're the closest at that opportunity when it's late at night, you're restless, you want to go to the refrigerator. That's when you're closest to identifying these areas that need attention. And you have uh, two options. One, have that food, medicate yourself, and get by that slight discomforting moment of something missing in your life or something that's in your life that you don't want. Or you can make a, a plan, write in a journal, and decide, well, you know, it's intimacy that I'm missing, and this is what I'm going to do instead of having that Boston cream pie that's sitting in the refrigerator. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, too. Thank you, Jill. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank and you. Wearing green, too. 
Uh, it's interesting, Marianne Williamson, uh, who is also a friend of mine, and Marianne has been writing me a lot about this, and she was saying that actually your weight is an invitation to your best life, which is exactly what you're saying about that, you know, feeling irritated and going to the alcohol or going to the food, which is, uh, you know, my drug of choice and probably Jill's and everybody else who's on this webcast. And in that moment, there's the sacred moment that you have a choice. It's very similar. I, I call it, in some ways, if you could say that your excess weight is a blessing because it is a sign that uh, something needs to change in your life and giving you the opportunity right. to identify what that is and make an impactful change in your life, uh, in that respect, it is a blessing. And that is if it's really excessive, you know, if you, not if, you, if it's five pounds. I guess they didn't get Linda on the phone. Could they just call Linda and ask her if she's five pounds or 50 pounds? Because she can't be writing this if she's five pounds. Nobody no, writes I, this if they're five pounds. That's right. And, yeah. and the oh, fact wait. that she says she's lazy, that's a very important uh, fact that people get pleasure in confirming a core belief. Mm. And b believe it or not, they'll get more pleasure confirming, ah, see, I'm not worthy, or I am lazy, see? See, I'm I, just lazy. Yeah, it's, okay. it, 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 in a way, it's its own cop-out. Okay, so we have Barbara from Texas on the line with a question for Bob. Barbara? Hi, Hi Barbara. Barbara. Hi, Bob. Hi. Hi. So my question is this. I, I know, I know in my head that I'm worth it, I'm worth the effort, that sort of thing. Uh, but I don't know on a spiritual level, and I can't get to the point where I, I can do it for a day, a couple of days, but I can't seem, or I haven't been successful sticking to it. And I know, I know what I want, and I know it has nothing to do with food, and what I want in itself scares me. I've been divorced for 19 years, and I know it's all about, I really do, on a spiritual level, on a soul level, want that companionship. But it does scare me. And I distinctly remember in 1998 telling my boss that I was just going to get ugly because I was having success with men. And so in 1999, I started packing on the pounds. Now I'm 40 pounds overweight. Hmm. And 40 I seems do... to be the wake-up call number. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it is for me. <laughs> But I don't know what I don't know how to convince myself what I need to do to get to that point where I'm serious enough about it, where I make a spiritual commitment to doing this, and that I am worth the relationship and worth the um, love of another human being. Because yeah. that's what this is about. I know I've insulated myself. I know I've gain the weight so that I'm not so attractive. So really, you're trying to get to the point where you really have a co connect with the fact that you matter, that you, Barbara, yes. matter. Well, if I could go a little deeper, uh, your words say that, oh, I know, we weren't convinced when you were saying, oh, I know that I'm worth uh, X, Y, and Z, or to be the weight that I feel I should be. She's just saying that intellectually. She's saying well, that intellectually. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe I... Yeah, maybe what I'm really saying is that I know I should feel this way. Oh, okay. But I don't. See, that's your conscious yeah. mind can easily do that. And you can call it uh, your spiritual self, or some people will make the leap that that is your unconscious self that processes everything, knows everything. Uh, on that level, obviously, you haven't done that. And, and what I do, that's the toughest journey of all. People think, oh, I, I don't like exercise and getting on the treadmill is the hard part or giving up your foods. Those are so much the easy part. 
The hard part is making a change uh, to how you view yourself. That's what this whole process is. It's really a self-esteem issue. And when you go back, and you might start yeah, by replaying yeah. childhood, uh, your first oh, ten, no. well, no, your first 10 years mm -hmm. is when you're wired uh, for something. And the challenge is to rewire your thinking. If anyone in your life, especially someone in authority, um, really just reinforce that maybe you're not worthy or you're not working hard enough, or it could be a teacher, it could be um, a parent, it could be anyone that, that you looked up to, uh, that wiring can be very damaging in your first eight to 10 years of life. Because that's when you decide, make the decision whether you're worth it or not in those first 10 years. Yeah, and, and the eating. Well, and, yeah, and, that, and my childhood does have a lot of tragedy in it, and yeah. And this isn't, you I know, for that. all the people who say, oh my God, let's go, as, as Linda said in her email, you know, I'm not thinking I hate myself or my mother. You know, this isn't about blaming your mother. This is about actually going back and seeing where did I first get imprinted with this idea that other people's uh, desires, other people's needs were more valuable than my own. That's a great way to put it. Well, see, and Oprah, that, that, is, that is the exact issue that permeates my entire life. Yeah. That, my, that's exactly it. And I... I yeah. yeah, my recommendation yeah. would be to pursue this. Um, maybe some counseling is in order, but to go back there is really important because you mentioned you're close to 40 pounds. There's where you start impacting your health. It's, it's an issue that's going to have lasting negative effects unless you address it now. And I'm almost positive, just in talking with you, that it's rooted somewhere very early on where you had uh, something happen in your life where it's reinforced that maybe you're not worthy. You're not worthy of someone else's attention that you value and therefore your own. And, uh, and I, would, I would say now is the time to, to look at that in a counseling situation. Yeah, or, or, or not in a counseling situation, Bob. You know, I haven't been counseled. I just did the work for myself. I mean, I literally went back and, because, well, you were my counselor, actually. Yes, and also, You've been through this. You're up here yeah. giving advice, and, and, and you are, in my opinion, an expert on it. Uh, Thank I, you. I don't feel I'm getting that confidence that she does need, at the very least, someone else to talk to about this and go back and replay who was it, unravel yeah. how you're wiring, because it involves rewiring yourself. Yes, absolutely. And for, for everybody who's watching right now and you, you don't have the money to, to, to go through a counselor, it really takes sitting down with yourself, literally, and I do mean sitting with yourself, and going back to what your childhood was like, and really, as Bob was saying, those first two, 10 years, and where you first got imprinted with the idea that you, you your opinions, yourself, was not as worthy as other people. That's right, and also realize that the weight in some ways, this may or may not uh, affect you, but the, the excess weight in that respect for many people becomes armor. And as you start to drop that weight, the discomfort and feelings about yourself become much more intense. And yeah. that will always pull you back to going off your healthy plan of eating or whatever it is. So keep that in mind. And that's why it's so important to have somebody to talk about it. It can be a, uh, a, a credentialed uh, counselor, or it could be a friend, but. I do think uh, you're in a position where you should speak to somebody about that. But the other thing is, is it, it, it always goes back to, I said on the show last week that it's not what I've realized, um, which is so funny because you and I wrote a book together. 
and my, my portion of that book was really uh, all my journals over the past uh, 15 years about weight when we did make the connection. Mm -hmm. And even you remember during the process of writing the book, I kept saying, what's the connection again? Yeah. What is it? What is the connection again? Because the idea for the book was, was yeah. make the connection was your, your uh, title. But what I realized is when I said last week, this is not a weight issue. This is a love issue. This is yeah. your love or worthiness, feeling worthy that you, you matter enough more than or equally to all the other people that you're serving in your life and loving yourself enough to take care of yourself. And, and that's really important. The other side of that is how do you show your, yourself that, that you're, you're worthy? Yeah. You simply do what it takes. And, it, and do you show the discipline and the care each day? And you could, as long as you get most of the time, do the things you say that you're going to do for yourself, you're going to reinforce the fact that you're worthy because you're worthy of whatever it is you go out and, and seek for yourself. Yeah. So and that's, that's going to answer the question that so many of you have about how do I keep going and what's my motivation and how do I do is the motivation is you, is that you care enough about yourself to do this for yourself. And first of all, and and now, I just, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go I ahead. just had what you call an aha moment. Mm -hmm. um, when, when you all were talking and it said, I'm very, um, I'm very conscious of being on time, meeting my deadlines, not letting other people down. And I realized that I need to do that, that same thing for myself. Right. Right. It's me too. I won't let anybody down. But I will let myself down. And yeah. have. That's what this whole Best Life Week is about. That's what last week's show was about, was my disappointment. I'm not sad about it. You know, a lot of people were writing in, right. I'm so sad that you're sad. I'm not sad about it. I was disappointed. And there's no feeling worse than letting yourself down. And the recognition that I let myself down is what has motivated me to make change. I let myself down. I wouldn't do that to anybody else I know or Why? didn't know. So that's that's the big lesson for us all. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you. Cookie joins us. Cookie. Good name. Cookie joins us all the way from uh, Durban, South Africa, which means it's, what, 4.30 in the morning? I just left there yesterday. Uh, she's a busy working mom. Hi, Cookie. What's your question? Hi. Um, over about 15 years, my weight has fluctuated up and down. I don't have a proper eating plan. Because of the work I do, I give so much of myself to my work. I work with survivors of domestic violence. I have six children, three biological and three foster children. I've got two at home. Um, I don't have time for exercise because at the end of the day, I'm totally exhausted. How do I stay on the wagon and keep that something for myself? Good question. You're breaking up a little bit there from South Africa, but go ahead. But I think I, I got uh, pretty much your whole question, and uh, it's actually a very similar situation. If I could use Oprah as an example, uh, that is she derives a lot of pleasure, which we all seek, and satisfaction from her work, helping other people, her charitable work, as well as the work she does on, on television. And it sounds like you do the same. You get immense satisfaction. And it's much easier to tell ourselves that when you do that charitable type work or work that is helping other people, that, that reinforces that you're a good person. And that's, that's great. But there's also a pool of pleasure that, that 
you do need to spread the love around to these other areas. It's one of the reasons we do the circle of life is that when you put all that attention to one or just two areas, something else suffers. And it's almost like having a wheel. If it's nice and balanced and you put energy and time into each, that wheel can roll nicely. But if you have a flat tire, it's going to prevent you even from doing the work that you love so much uh, to the fullest extent. So it's really about uh, reshuffling priorities. And you know there's so much um, good and charitable work out there that you could fill many lifetimes uh, spending that. But there's a saying on an airline that put your own life mask on first. And that's very important because only then can you give your full attention to other people in your life. Well, may I just use as an example our soon-to-be First Lady, uh, Michelle Obama. When I interviewed them several years ago, uh, when um, uh, President-elect Obama was just a, a senator, uh, I went to their house. And one of the things that Michelle said impressed me so much, um, she says that she got up an hour earlier every day because by the time she had to get the kids up and get the kids off to school and ready for that, which she won't have to worry about that anymore. I was just thinking, you don't have to go to the drugstore or do there anything anymore. But she was getting up an hour earlier to give herself her time. Now, the fact that you're up at 4.30 in the morning Skyping with us a cookie because you wanted to be a part of this webcast uh, says to me that you have whatever it takes to get yourself up and if, if this was a priority for you, and I'm only using Michelle as an example because I was just so impressed with that, like, really? Because she says, that's the only time I could find. The only way I could find time was to get myself up an hour earlier before everybody else. But I'm sure else... she consciously said, I'm doing this for myself. Yes, and, and she said And she not have guilty feelings about it, yes. which is really important. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's, that's really the key about identifying your priorities and saying you matter. Uh, interesting enough, when I finished school, I worked with heart patients, and that's probably the most motivated group on the planet because, you know, they either do what they need to do to, to maintain their health. Uh, they've done that. They've devoted their life to their work and ignored their health, but now they understand what it is when, when you go too long and, and ignore the things that keep you vibrant. And may I say this to you, Cookie, and to everybody else, uh, uh, all other 99,000 of you all who are there out there, um, it really comes down to a decision and uh, I speak from having not made that decision for myself last year. It comes down to the decision that we've all been talking about is, do I matter enough? And also the recognition that you're not gonna get away with it through osmosis. And I've been through that, well, maybe if I just eat less, I'll be fine. Maybe if I just do this diet, I'll be fine. Maybe if I just take out all carbs, I'll be fine. You're not gonna get away with it, especially the older you get, without the exercise. You j it just can't work without the exercise. It, it can't. When you look at the long-term studies, it's, it's not a popular thing. No. But people are not successful. Women in particular have to eat perfectly, and they're still not guaranteed success if they're not active. That's what the long-term studies, and there are only a few of them out there, are saying. So you have to put activity in your life, and you have to move. And if you look at how we live our lives today, I don't know, growing up, you used to, at recess, be active. Uh, you used to go home and your parents had to hunt you down. You were on your bike. You were playing. You were, playing. You were yeah. doing something. That's a very different life uh, that our kids lead today. And that's why we have all these obesity rates yeah. for uh, young children and diabetes for yeah. young children. But again, I think, Cookie, you're a classic example of a mother, mother of six, actually. And 
you say for the past 15 years, your weight has been up and down and up and down because you stopped all exercise when you got so involved in your work and you eat when you're stressed. It's, if you're not willing to put exercise back into your life, then this is a pointless conversation. Yeah, that's an uphill battle, and no one eats perfectly. So mm -hmm. you really need the comfort of uh, being active, and, and you define that. And more important, uh, it's very easy to, especially when the cause of the work you're doing is so worthy, yeah. it's very easy to ignore yourself. And uh, again, that's, that's one of the keys here, is you can ignore yourself. Thank you, Cookie. Are, are you gonna go back to bed, or is your, <laughs> your day just starting? Yeah, no, there's no sound, so I, could, I couldn't hear what you were saying. Okay, we'll send it to you, okay? Uh, can you hear the birds there? Can yeah. you hear the okay. birds? Yeah. Birds are just waking up. Okay, Okay. thank you. Let's talk specifics about exercise, Bob. Thank you. What do people need to know? Well, the point is, as a society, we've done everything to factor it out of our lives, from being on personal devices to, uh, to just not moving. In fact, new neighborhoods, uh, how many new neighborhoods do you know where they build a sidewalk in? We don't do that anymore. They're omitted. So we've done everything. Why are they omitted? Because you get wider streets, yeah. You get wider streets, more, more yard, more house. Yeah. Uh, it's just telling you that we're not a society that likes to move. And quite honestly, most diseases are what we call hypokinetic. In other words, if you don't move, yeah. you're much more prone to get that from headaches to colds to flus to heart disease to cancer all hypokinetic. When you don't move, you increase your risk of doing that. What's that tell you? We were made to move. Okay. And the point is, when you say how much, it, it's so bad that we need to recommend so much exercise, you turn off so many people. But if you can commit to 20 minutes a day, 30 is even better, you're going to overcome and give yourself the buffer where you can eat and still enjoy your meals. Because the worst thing you can do, we'll talk about food a little bit later, is think that you're on a diet. Okay, so the exercise plan, starting with at least 20 minutes a day, five times a week. Yes. Because there's so many people who, you know, we've heard everything. You only have to work out three times a week or 30 minutes on this, and you can change your abs. You can do, this works with consistency. Yeah, minimum of five days a week. A woman, you hate to generalize, but women most likely won't have significant long-term weight loss if they're exercising less than five days a week, 20 to 30 minutes. Gotcha. That's extremely important. Um, men have a little bit more grace. You get them moving three uh, times a week. Sometimes you don't even need to correct some of their eating. It's the unfortunate part of the process. The male hormone uh, tends to prevent the laying down of body fat. Right. Uh, and our hormones do the opposite. And your hormones That's do the opposite. That's what that estrogen's all about. But you do make it up in the emotional side of things. Most women, and I've, I've had uh, male and female clients, women in general are much more in tune with the rest of their life and saying, oh yeah, I, I'm vulnerable. And mm -hmm. vulnerability is extremely important in starting this process where a male will sweep things under the carpet, not admit weaknesses in any area of their life. And from that, they won't write in journals in general. And so emotionally, that's a more difficult client to yeah. get. Yeah, but to they also lose life. weight faster because of they don't have the hormones laying down the fat. Very true. Yeah. All right, so is Tiffany up there? Who's up there? Okay, our next uh, question comes from Tiffany near Corona, California, who's joining us from her living room. Tiffany, your question? Hi. Uh, about metabolism. Hi, That's very good. Hi. Uh, my question is, for the last four years, I've been gaining weight and losing weight. And um, I have a treadmill in my house, and I've been working out three times a week. But I don't feel like I'm making any progress. And I was wondering if you had any suggestions on how I could rev up my metabolism. 
Number one way, you know, we always read every six months there's a supplement or some type of food. Uh, it, nothing pales, uh, it, they pale in comparison to simply moving. And you mentioned three days uh, a week, you need to step it up to at least five. Uh, that's a guarantee. I can promise you that you'll start to see success if you do it five days a week. More specifically, the number one uh, mistake people make, they get on their treadmill and they don't work hard enough. You don't challenge your body. And why? As I said before in this, this webcast, it's discomforting, especially to someone that dislikes exercise, which, to be honest with you, most of the population. Yes. There you go. Uh, the truth is you're going to avoid that discomfort, and when left to, on your own, you will pick an exercise that avoids discomfort. The belt will be moving, uh, and you'll just be right under that area where results start to happen. My recommendation is never exercise on a flat treadmill. Always have a grade. That's why the treadmill is probably my favorite piece of equipment, because you can manipulate the grade, and the bigger the grade, the harder the work, and it actually allows you to slow down the belt and still even work harder. Yeah. And slowing down the belt uh, avoids all the pounding to your body. Yeah. So five days a week, I'd like you to get at least 30 minutes because you're active, you've been doing it, but you got to step it up to five days a week. And if I were right there next to you uh, and were talking to you, you could still talk to me, but you wouldn't want to talk very long because you'd be slightly winded and you could feel the chest heaving a little bit and needing some air. Yeah, so you sound like this when you're working out. And that's what we call the result zone. Right under that, you're not wasting time because you're having some health benefits, but you're just not changing the blood yeah. chemistry in a way that's yeah. going to change your physiology. If you can carry on a conversation comfortably with somebody, then you're not working out hard enough. What is your incline on the treadmill when you're working out? You know, I haven't been using the incline, so maybe that's something I need to start doing. I would have bet on that because the incline is going to change your life and it's going to perspire, it's going to make you um, a little bit of uh, discomfort, but we know that uh, people that struggle with this issue in particular don't like discomfort. They really hide from it. Yeah. Great athletes on the other end of the spectrum, the great ones can tolerate more discomfort than the average person. And so you need to start not being an elite athlete, but getting towards that where you can start to tolerate smaller amounts of discomfort, being a little bit winded, perspiring, and you will see results. I've never seen someone that went through this and you pushed them hard enough uh, within their own abilities, they always lose weight. Yeah, because uh, Tiffany, you sound like one of those people who we, we often see at the gym where we always say, Bob and I used to have this thing we used to go to the gym together. We don't go to the gym together anymore. But we used to Sometimes, go to the, yeah, we used to go to the gym together and we'd see people uh, on the treadmills who were just sort of comfortably uh, reading, reading, sitting on a bicycle. Sitting on the bicycle and we'd say and Bob would say, we should offer them a cocktail. So if you can if you can hold the cocktail while you're on the <laughs> treadmill, it means you're not moving fast enough. May I suggest too, what I do is I put it up, put the treadmill on the incline before I step on it. So I would start as start at a two incline, just at least a two incline. If you're if you put at least one and a half to two incline, you you uh, didn't you tell me that you replicate being outdoors? You do. In fact, a treadmill because the belt is moving. It's an easier activity than moving your all your body weight outside. Yeah. So to compensate for that, you should start with at least a 2% grade, and it will overcome that, and it will mock more like you're walking outside. However, very quickly, uh, that's the key to exercise, you're going to train. When you start using that hill, in two weeks, a lot of good training takes place, and you need... Um, to move it up. To move it up even further. Yeah. That's the other mistake. People think they need to 
punch the exercise time clock. No, as you start to drop weight, the same amount of uh, 2 work it no longer challenges your body. So it's a constant challenge as you drop weight. That treadmill, the speed needs to move up, or more important, that hill needs to move up. And that, that, that's how I do it, Tiffany, is that I use that as sort of my uh, training technique. So if you start out on a two-incline, say, by next week I'll add at least a, a move to another half of grade or uh, move to a three. And then by the next week you move to a four. But you will see, you know, immediately you'll start to feel that, ah, this two is really easy. But if you put, the, put it on the incline before you actually step on it, you won't notice it as much. The problem is if you've been going flat and then you change it to an incline in the middle of it, you'll think, oh, this is too hard. So my suggestion is put, put it on the incline that you want before you even step on it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Moving on to food. Let's get to the specifics, Bob. What's the first step in the best life diet well, plan? First thing you really want to do, uh, I believe in gradually making changes. The worst thing you can do is drastically cut calories. We know that doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, your body it has makes you miserable, and then you lie to yourself. Your body has a very sensitive meter. When you cut more than 300 calories out of your day, yeah, you'll lose water, you'll lose some fat, you'll lose the ability of the muscle, and all kinds of good things that you need. So you'll see temporary results. Uh, but the most important thing is you lose your metabolism over time. So it's really important to just cut a hundred or two calories out. So the first phase of my program, I want you eating breakfast. First phase is all about revving up your metabolism, increasing yeah. your exercise. Breakfast increases your metabolism and causes you to eat, on average, a hundred calories less per day, people who eat breakfast. So it's very important. And it needs to be a healthy breakfast. The rest of your day, you can stray in the first uh, phase but eat a healthy breakfast. Okay, so let's look at what do you call healthy. Well, uh, a smoothie uh, made with soy milk or 1% or skim milk would be healthy. Egg white omelet, uh, or you can even add a yolk in there if you don't struggle with your cholesterol. Uh, peppers, mushrooms, stuff it with great vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, cereal, healthy cereal mix where the cereals are mixed together but all those cereals don't have added sugar, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of great ones on the market, and you know about a lot of those. But again, uh, you get in trouble um, with what you put on top of it. And all you also get in trouble with volume. You know, there are people who we've done who, who don't eat one bowl of cereal or, you know, an ounce or two of cereal, but they're, you guys got food you're bringing in? Uh, or, but they eat, you know, two or three bowls of cereal, so it's also about volume. And what is this? This is just some of the best life food. One of the worst things you can do on a diet or a healthy way of living is your food reminds you that you're on a diet. Right. And uh, I know you've had this before. Oh, is that the smoothie I love? This yeah. is the smoothie. It's That's actually good. been modified, uh, lower in calories. It uses a uh, Hershey cocoa and not pure chocolate. It drops the calories even further. And it uses a uh, silk soy milk. Mm -hmm. and it uses uh, banana mm -hmm. and peanut butter. And you want to pick a peanut butter. I give the seal of Smart Balance, which is a no trans fat, and it has the omega-3s in it. So this is an enormously healthy meal. The seal meaning the best life seal. The best life seal. Yeah. And you, there's nobody that drinks that that thinks, oh, I'm on a diet. It doesn't hint of, of that. Okay. This was just made upstairs. What is in this? Soy milk and... Soy milk, banana, peanut butter. Mm. Uh, also, it has a product. It's really good. It has uh, egg whites in it for consistency. And we use, uh, again, the seal goes to a product called All Whites. 
And uh, actually, all these recipes uh, are on Oprah.com. And this is a um, chili dog? No, this is actually a sloppy joe. A sloppy joe. And you'll notice the bread, very important to eliminate the six foods. We, one of them is uh, white bread, and we do a multi-grain whole wheat bun. Yeah. Uh, this is a multi-grain bun yeah. that, that sits on. So let's talk about the six foods that you're going to eliminate and one of the things that we need to do. You just, uh, But my problem is not that it, I don't eat unhealthily. No, you don't. No. But remember, there's a lot of folks out there that are trying to revamp their diet. Yeah. You're um, pretty far down the road yeah. and have fine-tuned I only diet. have healthy stuff in my house. Yeah. I mean, so I only am eating, you know, whole grains and whole, you know, wheat pastas and stuff like that. And this is one of my favorites. Yes. It's actually, you know, we always call this was it's vasa. Oh, it's not Even, called wasa, it's vasa. No, it's vasa, it's a... Vasa cracker. From Scandinavia. Uh-huh. Uh, but in general, the first thing you want to eliminate, and keep in mind the six boy, uh, foods... The reason you why, you, okay, and we're, the reason we're talking about the best life plan is I know there are other diets where you can lose a lot of water weight quickly, more, and in, 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 that are more drastic, and you feel like, I'm dieting. But everybody's been through that. This is about really making a decision that this is the long term, and you're gonna change your life for the better over the long term. Yeah, and okay? you want to disguise the fact that you're eating less calories. You obviously need to eat less calories if you're struggling with your weight, but paired with the exercise, you just want 100 or 200 calories your body does not notice and go into hibernation. If you cut more than a couple hundred calories out of what your What do you day, mean your body doesn't notice and go, doesn't go into hibernation? Well, we, we are programmed by genes that in times of starvation, right. thousands of years ago, we had feast and famine. Right. And our genes haven't changed. So we're set up to sense when there's a famine. And when there's not food coming in, we've drastically cut. We know this. This is not a theory. It's a fact that we shut down our metabolism. In other words, the calories you expend normally, blinking your eyes, your heart beating, everything slows down. So on a highly restrictive diet, everything else is compensating and slowing down. Mm -hmm. where if you add exercise and only cut gradually, the weight loss is slower, granted, um, but it's more long-lasting, and, it, and you never build up to that, send off those alarm bells that there's a famine. Okay. So, and you won't shut off your metabolism at all, and you'll increase it as long as you're active. All right, let's talk about the six foods we're going to eliminate. First one, uh, remember, I want to make it clear that you can add these back. Don't say, oh, he's eliminating alcohol, which is the first one. That's because we can add that back. But do you remember... Um, I am going to have some champagne on January 20th. I think you should, because you haven't signed something. Because I, I, I didn't sign, and, and that's why I didn't sign a damn thing, Bob. I don't I knew blame that, you. You know why? Because January 20th, I'm going to have some champagne, I, people. I just did an interview. And that's why I haven't signed. That was talking about you, and yeah. talking about that time you signed it, and then I yeah. did not let you, yeah, you asked me, but it's, it's I'm not signing diddly squat to January well, 21st. Well, what is it you, you signed, though? <laughs> you signed it, so honor that commitment. Yeah. But But even if you. I signed something, I mean, it would be like, well, okay. But also, you're past that point. Of, yeah. You've been active and exercising. For most people starting to change their diet, it's about alcohol slows your metabolism. Down. Absolutely. Does. So I want it off the table for only a month. Yeah. Maybe a second month if you're not seeing the results, and then it comes back but in controlled amounts. Could all the people who are watching right now who are going to make the commitment, because you don't want to lie to yourself, because once you lie to yourself, then, you know, we've talked about that earlier, that lie sets you up for failure. So could you make, say, I'm going to make the commitment, but I'm going to have champagne on January 20th? Could you do that? You personally or the people I'm talking there? about the people. I've already said I'm going to do it. I will be drinking on January 20th. 
some champagne. So I'm saying, for everybody who's watching right now, and you're saying, I'm on the plan, I'm on the plan. Could I say on... So what are you asking for a waiver for the... A waiver, uh, waiver for everybody. people for... have uh, <laughs> logged on to this? You want a waiver? I want a waiver. because exception. I, yes, because I want us all to raise a glass of something on January 20th. Well, we're talking, what, eight days away? Yeah, eight so days. So why don't we all start... Yes. If that's really important to someone, that they yes. have alcohol yeah. on that date... Yes. Just, I'm not asking... Start the day after. I'm not let's asking... Start you... the day after. Okay, good. And honor that commitment. Because that's when you're going to start. It's going to coincide with your exercise. And it's all about setting your engine on a high idle. Okay. Okay? Is that okay. a deal? I've already told you what I'm going to do. Okay. So you're talking about the people. Yeah, the people may be inclined. That's important to them. Then I would say wait till the day after. Give yourself a month off of alcohol. Yeah. That's what you're committing to. And this is more about honoring your commitment than anything else. Okay, I think that's really important. So don't say I'm going to not have alcohol for a month, but then I'm going to... Make this exception. Make this exception. You know this exception. better than anyone. The yeah. irony, oh, the Emmys, I look like I'm being unreasonable. However, every week of your life, there's an inauguration, there's dinner with uh, Ralph Lauren, <laughs> there's a dinner with Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, there's this, you know, something else. Every week of your life. So you yeah. Could, you know, make me look unreasonable every week. No, really. Remember we, remember we had the calamari fight one time? Oh, the big calamari scandal, they <laughs> called it. <laughs> also, eliminating soda pop. You need to eliminate soda. Well, I don't have that as an issue, but... That's right. This um, isn't about me. Soda pop is probably the number one, in fact, not probably, it is the number one across the country source of empty calories. There's nothing nutritionally. And what people don't understand about nutrition, when you have an empty calorie... That means something else that you're going to trigger hunger because you don't have enough vitamin A or fiber or any of the nutrients that you need. You will trigger hunger even though you don't need the calories. You simply need the nutrition. Okay. So let me ask you this for the people. I don't have soda pop as an issue. I know there are people who drink soda all the time. But sometimes as a treat to myself, I will do like half a Diet Coke and half a Diet Root Beer like as a dessert. Is Not that okay? Not in the first month. I can't do that. You're eliminating it, but that becomes something we add back in what I call an anything-goes points. Oh, okay. So you can uh, define what is important to you, if that's really wonderful. There's no food on this plan after the first month okay, that so, you can't have. Okay, so, but, so for the first month, and this is what's really important, if you make the agreement, we're going to talk about the signing mm -hmm. afterwards, uh, once you make the commitment to yourself and say, I'm not going to have soda, I'm not going to... I'm going to eliminate all trans fats, which we're going to talk about next. Yes. Okay. Then I'm going to eliminate alcohol. Whatever it is you agree to, you must... What's most important here is keeping your word to yourself. That's right. Because even if you say, oh, I have this presentation at the Emmys, I have the inauguration, but you made the commitment, you're sending a message, your conscious mind will say, oh, come on, how many... Uh, how many times do I go to the Emmys, Bob? That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, but then unconsciously you'll say, wait a minute, I put that in writing on national TV, Yeah. and I'm trying to get out of it. What does that message say to yourself? Well, I'm not worthy of what it is that I'm after. Okay. Eliminate fried food. So I we're talking about the six things. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm with you. I'm I with you. you. No. You, you, Good. Uh, eliminate trans fats and eliminate fried foods. Well, we don't know what trans fats are. Most fried foods uh, are, are fried in a product that has trans food. Uh, trans fat. Trans fat. Um, a trans fat is a fat that's usually been modified. It's a very inexpensive way to have fat. Margarine in the old days, in fact, no one uses the word margarine anymore, was a trans fat. Yeah. Partially hydrogenated oils. When you read that on an ingredient, 
That means it has trans fat in okay, it. Okay, so now you see a lot of things that says no trans fat. So that's the new catchy thing going. They've eliminated that because they know it contributes to all kinds of disease processes. It also contributes to your weight. Okay. You want to eliminate that, but you also want to eliminate fried foods. A lot of people say, well, isn't that the same thing? No. Other fried foods are cooked in a fat that's saturated, which is equally as bad. Everything is, all the focus is now is on trans fat, saturated, are about uh, equally damaging when it comes to not only weight loss, but your health. Okay, so nothing fried. Nothing fried for that first month. For that first month. But quite honestly, that's when, what's gonna happen with most people, they're gonna realize when they add back some rich foods, they're gonna say, you know, I was better off without them. They don't, they don't, they start to feel greasy. Yeah, your, your, your you know that happens. Yeah, okay, and all white, white uh, bread. Eliminate white bread. Uh, the good news is today, there's, every grocery store has either multi-grain, whole grain, or whole wheat bread. And it's not like the old days where it didn't taste good. It's wonderful, it's grainy, it's freshly baked. Uh, and, and the reason why you want to eliminate the white bread because the whole wheat bread, the whole grain bread, actually metabolizes differently in your body. It breaks down differently. Yeah, another way to say that is, same thing with uh, rice. It's the same thing. Processed rice, processed grains, strip the nutrition off of it. There's a reason, they're very important grains in our diet. But when you strip the outer coating, that's where most of the nutrition, all the right. nutrition is. That's why you need either brown rice or wild yeah. rice or... And, and as we said before, if you are consuming, say, white rice, that basically void of nutrition, you need, still need those things. So you're going to trigger what I call an artificial hunger for the rest of the day. Yeah. You're going to eventually get them because you're going to be grazing and you're going to trigger hunger where you don't want the calories. You just need fiber, you need uh, nutrients, you need vitamins and minerals. Okay, this is all in the best, best life diet plan. Eliminate high-fat dairy. What does that mean? Actually, eliminate high-fat milk and yogurt. You can still have cheese in the first phase of the program uh, because it's very difficult to dine out and get low-fat cheese in most establishments. So eliminate high-fat milk. That's simply whole milk and 2% is off the menu. Simply go with a 1% or skim would be appropriate. Soy milk is appropriate. Yeah. Uh, you just... I moved to soy and 1%. Remember, you came and took it out of my refrigerator, yeah. all the 2%s. And I thought I was doing really good on 2%, but after a while, I didn't notice the 1%. See, most people think, or many people think, that, uh, okay, I went from whole to 2%, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But realize 2% to 1% is not 1%. It's, you're cutting the fat in half. That's oh. saturated fat. So it's 1% is half the fat of 2%. Does that make sense? That's really good. So the recipe for the chocolate banana smoothie and everything you see here are in Bob's new The Best Life uh, Diet Cookbook. We'll also have some of these recipes in Oprah.com for free right after the webcast, but it's about 175 recipes in here. That's right. Yeah. 175. And then the... I uh, love the, the, the whole wheat pasta with the peas and the, and the yeah, walnuts. Just don't look for this. This is in the uh, Best Life Diet, the revised edition, mm -hmm. uh, the smoothie. There's a strawberry smoothie in this book. I make the smoothie all the time. So now we're going to all the way to London uh, to talk to Pauline, who says that her late night cravings are kicking in. Pauline, are you wearing green hey, too? <laughs> Everybody got the green thing going. Great. I know. Green means new life. <laughs> new life. New life. So new beginnings. So tell me about the uh, nighttime cravings you're talking. You wanted to talk about. It's driving me crazy. What happens is that um, I go to bed, I'm fine, I've had my dinner, and then I'll get up at about one o'clock in the morning and then I'll go and raid the fridge. 
And I've got this little crazy head telling me, you know, it's morning already. So it's like early breakfast. So it's not like yeah, I'm eating the day before. And it's driving me bananas at the moment. So anytime you're getting up in the middle of the night for cravings, what's going on well, uh, for eating at midnight? Well, let me first say nighttime eating, not even the middle of the night. Nighttime eating is classic uh, sign of emotional eating. There's something either missing in your day, and take that a step further. If you are in the middle of the night waking up, that means that's something very strong in your life, usually, that's missing. Or it can also be something that's in your life, like stress, highly unlikely but uh, that, that you want to get rid of or need to get rid of. The truth of the matter is classic. The fact it could, if it's a very large amount of food that you're consuming in the middle of the night, that's considered a binge episode. And there is some kind of behavior behind that that needs to be looked into. And my, the first step is to do the circle of life that we did earlier in the program and identify. I can almost promise you that you list the things that are important or part of a fulfilled life for you, and the ones that the negative sign always hide the real answer. That's why it's such a valuable exercise for me and why I do it with uh, all my clients or new clients is because immediately I can decide or look at the areas that they're unfulfilled in their own words and usually the answer lies in there. It's, it's a lot of times a relationship issue when you're waking up in the middle of the night. Uh, I don't want to say that without knowing you, but that's a very common cause. Are you in a relationship right now? Yes, I am, but it's long distance. Uh, so he lives in another country, I live in this country. Okay, that's, I'm starting to connect the dots a little bit. Uh, you have to think of what that food represents. If it's the middle of the night, good chance it's somewhat relationship. He's not there next to you. Does it ever happen when, he is, uh, when you're with uh, your significant other? Uh, no, too busy. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so that's, that's the value of that exercise of what's off in your life. What would you change? Another way to ask it is, in a perfect world, what would you change about your life? And the answer is usually there. And so, Bob, just, okay, okay, go sorry. ahead, Pauline. I was going to interrupt, but go ahead, go ahead. Um, listen, how, what can I stop? Because when I get up, I can't, I can't control the little voice that tells me go to the fridge and go and pick that or just put that in your mouth. The best way to start the process is why uh, I always do a journal. I, I recommend people uh, uh, write in a journal. That's when you're closest. There's a discomfort. You're waking up. It's actually pulling you out of sleep. There's a discomfort involved. And um, that's when you're closest to identifying it and say, what could you bring to your life other than that pie that's sitting in the refrigerator or whatever it is that you're eating at that, at that time uh, that would benefit your life? What is it you're really craving? And sometimes you'll opt for the food, which is really just like a drug. Uh, and other times you'll go to your journal and identify what it is. What can you do? Could you call your significant other? Is that what it really is? What are the steps you could take? Because obviously you're not going to sign up for a long-distance relationship for the rest of your life. What are the yes. steps you could take that would get you closer to the life you want? So in the moment that you're standing there, at the fridge or the little voice in your head. And it's so funny that you say, well, I can't control that little voice in my head. And I was gonna say, well, if you can't, nobody else can, because that's all it is really, is a voice in your mm -hmm. head. And so you're saying at the moment that you hear that thing, because so, so, so many of us, so many times I've done it, it's completely, it's like rote, you know, I'm already at the cabinet eating the thing 
before I can... You, you need a behavior. I, before no. I ask myself, why am I doing that? You need a behavior that replaces it. When you know in your head, if I'm telling you, you have that feeling, it's the middle of the night, you're waking up, go to your journal. You won't always do it. Well, I'm not a mid... No, talk to her, because okay. I don't do this. Uh, go to your journal and, <laughs> and uh, really work on what can you bring into your life that will benefit your life. Yeah. Not a fleeting moment of a piece of pie and a, and a big glass of milk. Yeah. It's what could you do to benefit your life and what are the steps you need to take. And, and the key to the whole process is getting satisfaction in something else other than that food. This is about the discomfort of maybe being by yourself, maybe being lonely that evening, whatever the emotions are behind it. First, discovering that, and second, getting gratification just in a small step of looking at your life in a different way, of writing in your journal and saying, you know what, I'm going to call tomorrow morning, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to call him now. And you've just overcome your addiction at that point when you take that. Now, there are going to be times that you miss the opportunity, have the food. And that's not a disaster. That's simply a missed opportunity. There, there will be others. Yeah, because the point is, you and most people who are getting up in the middle of the night to eat, you're not getting up in the middle of the night because you are physically hungry. You are yeah. emotionally hungry, and you use the food to fill the emotional hunger that you feel. That's you're not getting up because you're hungry because you would have eaten. You know, and, and, and the truth of the matter is, um, you know, listening to you, thank God I never had the midnight cravings because I would be as big as this table. Because the truth is, there is no worse time to eat, is there? Because then you're eating and you're going back. You consume a couple hundred calories or 300 calories. That's true, but I wouldn't be overly concerned. That is the worst time. There's there no question the about time. it. However, uh, what would be a problem for me is there's something in your life that needs to be resolved. And I think you're close to resolving it. It's a matter of writing about it. It's a matter of being aware. And it's a matter of... Yes, you're waking up. I'm sure it's discomforting. That discomforting feeling is why you need the food to get you past that moment. Yeah. But it's preventing you from taking the action you need to improve your life. Yeah. You see it, the food is the drug. It would be no different if you got up in the middle of the night and you took a couple shots of vodka. <laughs> it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You got it, it's right? It's not addictive, though, but yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, the food is addictive. If food it's waking addictive. you up in the middle of the night, it is addictive, and yeah. there, there is no difference. Yeah. People don't want to say it's like alcohol. It is. It is. It's an addiction. It is. It's preventing you from living your best life. Yeah. That's really, Thank I guess, one... Thank you, Pauline. It's one of Thank the reasons you. why I've related so well to everybody that I've interviewed over the years, particularly addicts, because I do see it. it, it there is no difference between food and other people have shopping, and some people have gambling, and some people have alcohol, and some people have crack. Or, so or mistreating others. Or mistreating one. others. Food is the most socially acceptable. That's right. That and work. Uh, overworking, where you can ignore your family, ignore the other areas of your life. Food uh, and overworking are the two most socially acceptable, and they play off of each other a lot. We have Gary on the phone. He's a police officer from Florida. Gary, your question? Yes, I work... Uh... 12-hour shifts. Uh, I work seven days out of 14 days. Uh, right now, I'm working the night shift. What would be some type of healthy foods? I normally pack a healthy lunch to keep with me on, on the run if we get a chance to eat. And what should I do, like, on my off days? I got off at five, 7 o'clock this morning, but I've been up all day. Well, first thing is planning ahead is always important. There are a lot of... Uh, 
healthy bars that don't have trans fats, just make sure they don't have partially hydrogenated oils in them, uh, that have whole grains in them. Um, there's now uh, Starbucks, which are open uh, long hours, has a whole grain. Uh, breads are wonderful. Uh, it's always great to combine a grain with a protein. So any source of protein that you really like. McDonald's you, now does late hours. Uh, McDonald's does late hours as well. Uh, they um, have a healthy menu. Every restaurant now, it's pretty mainstream that they have something on that menu uh, that is acceptable to eat. That's the good news of today. Yeah, and also, if you pick up uh, Bob's uh, book of recipes, I don't know, if Gary, if you're going to be, you know, cooking a lot, but he has everything from angel hair pasta with walnuts and peas, which is one of my favorites, olive oil roasted potatoes, uh, ribeye steak with onion relish. I saw that big ribeye sandwich in there. Uh, cauliflower curried with red lentil. There's wonderful They're wonderful. And it's also about planning. It's all about Gary's planning. main challenge is, is quick things, but nuts are actually a great source of protein, easy to pack. Uh, peanut butter, fine one. Uh, I put my seal on Smart Balance for two reasons. One, no trans fats, and it has omega-3s, which are deficient in most of our diets. But peanut butter travels really well. What about yogurt? I love yogurt. Yogurt is, is wonderful. Uh, there's Greek yogurts now uh, that are pretty mainstream. They're extremely healthy. Um, but the nuts, if you're not, hopefully you're not allergic to nuts because that is the thing that travels the easiest and you put that on something whole grain like a Vasa cracker or a uh, multi-grain or whole wheat bread and that's one of your best snacks and it'll carry you through for hours and you won't feel those pangs of hunger. Thanks, Gary. All right, thank you. Thanks. Jennifer's Skyping in from uh, Chico, California. Chico. Hi. Hi. Hi, Oprah. Hi, Bob. Thanks Hi. for having me on the Hi, show. Hi, guys. Go, um, ahead. Go ahead, Chico. <laughs> Jennifer from Chico. Hi. Hi. Are you wearing green, too? I swear. I got the memo, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to start loving myself, but I need some advice. Okay, got it. Okay. I have three small children under the age of five, and my husband and I are both overweight, and we are financially struggling right now. Mm -hmm. I can feed all five of us for under $2 on macaroni and cheese, as opposed to uh, grilled chicken, veggies, brown rice for you know $10. Um, the fact is, is, it just seems like junk food is cheaper than healthy food. Um, I can't afford a gym membership, and trying to walk with three kids is a mess. <laughs> so my question is, how do I lose weight and provide a healthy lifestyle for my family on a really tight budget. First of all, uh, there's no question there's some challenges, but a lot of people um, misinterpret. Sometimes your processed food is way more expensive. Uh, your macaroni and cheese, for example, there's, there are healthy ways to prepare that, and you can buy in bulk. So that would be my first tip. Um, buy pasta in bulk, and if you have a choice, uh, go with a multi-grain, but Regular pasta is actually a, a healthy meal as well. Beans and lentils. Uh, beans, lentils, again, uh, in bulk. Uh, you can actually bring your costs below the, you know, the already processed, um, ready to, to uh, pop in the oven variety. So I would go more towards that. But more important, when people bring this up, uh, I've never met anybody that didn't look at their finances. In fact, uh, later this week, you have uh, Susie Orman, and she will show creative ways to look at everything you spend. And I've never met anyone when you didn't break it down, that didn't toss money somewhere that could be reallotted. The first thing you need to do is realize how important uh, your family is, 
the health of your family is, that's number one. And you will find a way to correct your entire budget and put a little bit more towards food. And also remember that the way you're eating now uh, is causing, you mentioned, uh, you didn't say that your uh, children are overweight, but you and your husband are overweight. That means you're eating too much. So just that, uh, that fact alone means you can eat less and that can be reallotted with foods that are a little bit more nutritious. Also, uh, if you go locally, uh, sometimes you cut out uh, the middleman. If you go to an area market, uh, you can get some good bargains there. And uh, the last thing, as I said before, buying in bulk will usually overcome that. It just means you need to then store a little bit more food in your pantry. Okay. Sometimes it seems like I, I skip meals and it doesn't seem like I'm eating a whole lot throughout the day and then I eat, just get kind of a little junk at night. So it kind of turns into a whole other issue, I think, but... Well, that um, does. Uh, skipping meals is one of the worst things you can do. It's why it's important to eat breakfast. We know that people that skip meals eat more in the day than those that have uh, three meals or even six meals. Uh, there's two ways to say it. I say three meals and two snacks. Spreading out your eating with reasonable sized portions is the way to go. And I can explain that physiologically very quickly. Anytime you skip a meal, you're setting yourself up later in the day to have an eating episode. Usually the American diet, it's at dinner. We eat way too much at dinner. And what happens when you eat too many calories in one meal? You have an insulin response. It's called an insulin spike. Insulin, one of the main roles is to take extra calories and lay them down as body fat, exactly what you don't want to happen. So the way you avoid that is cut your eating uh, into meals. And more important, put your calories. Many times um, I don't change the calories that someone's consuming, I just move them down in the day. And that changes and that avoids that insulin uh, response. So yeah. very important to have a lot of meals. I think big mistake, people think that if I didn't eat breakfast and I didn't eat lunch, then I can have a big dinner and it'll be okay. And, I can, and then they end up consuming all the calories that they would have consumed in the day and that big meal and thinking that's okay. It's a, it's a common mistake. There's little things you can do. You'll eat less if you spread those meals out, no question. Also, if you have something warm, whether it's tea or soup. We know people that consume uh, tea or soup, something warm, something comforting, on average uh, consume 100 to 200 calories a day less. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks. Okay. We have a different Linda on the phone. She's from Baltimore, Maryland. What's your question? Hey, Baltimore. Hi, Oprah. Hi. Hi, Bob. Hi, Linda. Uh, I have a question. I feel that when I diet, my family and the world in which we live constantly sabotage my efforts. How can I diet and gain support from my family while cooking for them when they prefer higher-fat foods and recipes with more taste? Uh, well, Linda, the first thing I would do is get them on board. Uh, Re-emphasize. Look people in the eye and say, this is really important to me. I'm hoping you come along with me and eat the same meals, but if not, we'll make accommodations for that. But May get... I recommend the Best Life <laughs> Diet Cookbook? There are a lot of really <laughs> delicious things in here. Yeah. There really are a lot of great things in here. Yeah, and that, lets you and that is, uh, Oprah's doing a nice promotion for me, but there are ways where people think that dieting means deprivation and celery and carrot sticks. It, it doesn't mean right. that. So they will uh, come on board if you let them. And if they don't, this is more about you and sticking to your guns and emphasizing how important it is to you. But a step yeah, it's for, tough but, with family time. When you want to have family time and you want to get, you know, I have all men in my family, 
they all want to go out and have Mexican food. So I struggle terribly. I love Mexican food. So what do you do in, in, if you want to go out to dinner and that family time is so valuable? Well, you can still do that. And once again, it's not, you know, you can go out once a week and still stay on a plan more or less. And even going to the Mexican restaurant, most Mexican restaurants these days actually have something that's a healthier version. Uh, so it's a matter of honoring your commitment to yourself. But I don't think you're listening to me. What I really want you to do is first look in the eyes of those people that uh, you care about and that care about you and say, this is really important. This is my health. Uh, this is my vitality. This is something enormously important. That's the first step. And that I can't emphasize that enough. Now, that doesn't mean that people still in your life won't sabotage you. There's a lot behind that. They're ne not necessarily consciously doing it, but when you change your life and eat different foods and make uh, time to take your walk or do your activity and turn down um, going out to eat, you're changing the rules of your relationship. And in an unconscious way, usually, sometimes conscious, but most people it's unconscious, they'll start to question that. They'll start to question that you're moving in a different direction from them and you're moving apart. In some extreme cases, they think that you'll lose the weight, get healthy, and you, you, you may lose that relationship. So there are all levels. You can almost count. I've never worked with anyone that didn't have someone in their life that tried to either consciously or unconsciously sabotage them. This really comes down to your commitment. And I can hear you wavering, but what about this? I really like Mexican food. You still <laughs> haven't committed fully to yourself. And that's the first thing you need to do. Well, I did this uh, about three, four years ago. I lost 22 pounds but I made life miserable for the family. How was your you life know, there then? Were, there were no cookies in the cookie jars, and the food was lacking, and, there, you know, and so on and so on. I brought turkey into the house instead of beef. My husband has high cholesterol. You know, we tried to change some things there, but I just couldn't grab them on board back then, and then slowly but surely they lured me out of my safety zone. How did you feel? How, how, how did you feel when you lost the 22 pounds? How did you feel physically? Oh, I felt great. I felt great. I mean, I could wear anything. I never had that battle looking in my closet. What can I wear today? And it, it, you just, I felt lighter. I felt I didn't have to worry about some things. Well, the um, first question so you got to ask is why did you give that up? You're, you're saying they pulled you along, but you still yeah. made that decision. You have to That's ask good. yourself that question. Why did you allow it to happen? Because it seemed like your life was going in the right direction. You can still have cookies in the cookie jar if that's important. I'd recommend that you bring them on board. If they don't come along, have the cookies there. This is a commitment to yourself, and in the end, you didn't honor that commitment to yourself. Yeah, and we have Christmas cookies in the cookie jar, which I have not eaten. So for the last week, I have been on the program, so Great. I'm trying. You know, it's just the, the, the pressures you feel from even a restaurant. I went to a, re, a restaurant recently and thought I was doing very well at my choices. And then I come to find out it's a high-calorie mayonnaise in the chicken salad that I thought was on the, it was listed as the diet delights on their menu. Well, that's, so, that's one example. That's one thing. And, and at least you took the trouble to find that out. But I recommend right. if you dine out a lot, you probably, uh, you should, you should get a list of all the menus of the restaurants you frequent and know what meals are appropriate. And you can have a whole drawer stacked with all the restaurants in your area that either deliver or that you show up uh, in person and know what you're ordering before you go in there. And it requires a little bit of homework, but it sounds like you're, you're going to be able to do that if you're willing to do that homework and you make it a priority in your life. 
Thank yes, you, Linda. I can, I can do the homework. Thank you. And Thank good, you. Good luck. And, and also, this is what people don't realize. You know, when you read a menu, what's on the menu just lets you know what's in the kitchen. So the fact that they have a chicken with the mayonnaise means there's some chicken back there. So you can always say, may I have some chicken? I, I, just, did this, I just did this the other day. Oh, oh, it's amazing. Or you go to an Italian restaurant, and they have a dish that has a red sauce. Yeah. And they have an Alfredo, but that's the fettuccine has the Alfredo. Well, they have both, so just Ask switch them. Ask them to switch it. Ask yeah. them to switch it, yeah. And, and, you know, restaurants are accommodating, especially these days. They'll do yeah. anything to keep a customer. If you look the person in the eye and say, I want it made this way, and I want olive oil, not some other uh, yeah. fat, and you say exactly what you want, and you say, I don't want the bread basket on the table, they'll respond. Absolutely. Bob, you said people can't drink soda, but our message boards are filling up with questions from people who want to know if they can drink diet soda. Uh, that's a great question. They can, however, in the final phase of the program, I highly recommend you do away with it. When we study... Uh, the final phase is what? Is, can you have it for the month or not, Bob? Yes. To replace your soda, you can. However, I do want to say okay. eventually you want to give it up, and I'll tell you why. Um, it's going to save you calories, and it's going to get you past... If you're used to it's drinking... Only a one, it's only one calorie. It's going to save... I'm going to tell you why it's going to save you calories, because we do studies on people. They will, they will then replace those calories later in the day. And for some unexplained reason... I don't, I, I'm misunderstanding you. You say replacing the calories. It's only one calorie no. or zero calories. Your body senses the fact you, you open up room in, and you will wind up. When we study people that uh, have reduced calorie drinks, yes. they wind up eating more in the day than those that didn't have that or that had water. Okay. I and, love this. And so everybody... most people will have... They don't have one soda. Most of the people uh, that you know go down that road will have six, seven. I know people drink diet, you know, volumes of diet soda all day long. Yeah, and when you follow them around, they'll wind up eating more calories than a person that has something like a water or a spritzer or something more healthful to drink. Okay, Sabrina, are you there? No, Sabrina? Okay, I thought Sabrina was there. Okay, we're going to say goodbye, or before we say goodbye, as some of you know, Bob's Best Life Diet was ranked number one by Consumer Reports. And for everyone watching tonight, Bob has a special offer. You can try Bob's online weight loss program for the next 30 days for free. Here's how to do that. You log on to uh, bestlifepromo.com where you'll find everything from great meal ideas to fitness tips. It's all for free. You can also keep track of everything you eat and all the calories you burn. Log on to bestlifepromo.com. Um, anything else you want to say? That says thebestlife.com, though, right there. Well, thebestlife.com, the promo is for people that just attended uh, mm -hmm. this webcast. Okay. So that's a special promotion. If you log on there, it will have a, a way that you get onto The Best Life and get the first month for free and get okay. to try it. Okay. And also, uh, with that, um, if you have a food allergy, it'll tell you what to eat every day. And if you don't like that menu, it'll kick it out. You just hit a button, it kicks it out and gives you a new recipe. Uh, it also can be specific to uh, any food allergy you may have. It, it won't give you things you're allergic to. If you're vegetarian or vegan, it mm -hmm. has uh, those options. That's fantastic. Yeah, so it can tell you what to eat every day. I have some of the best experts in the country writing for thebestlife.com in all fields, from eating disorders to health and fitness to dietitians to chefs. And we have just hundreds and hundreds of recipes uh, so if you're interested in, in changing the way you use food for the rest of your life, 
thebestlife.com has all the information that we could not talk about tonight. It also has a support group, and one of the things we find that people need is support of others. And I can't tell you, I go out signing, I get people that meet each other first online and then come out and meet each other on person. And the level of support is extremely helpful uh, for most people because they get to communicate, they set up subgroups in the chat rooms and talk about what their struggles are and what uh, they found successful for them. Okay, thebestlife.com. Bob's new book is The Best Life Diet Cookbook full of great recipes, as I was saying earlier, and a few, I think, uh, that I might have personally inspired. Again, thank all of you for, I thank all of you for joining us tonight. If you want to experience this class again or tell a friend who missed it, our webcast will be available on demand tomorrow for free here at Oprah.com. You can also download the podcast tomorrow at Oprah.com and also iTunes. Again, I mean, you know, this boils down to worthiness, taking care of yourself, right? And it's a choice every day. Anytime uh, so many people ask, well, has Oprah made the connection? Has she finally beat this? You make that choice every day of your life. Yeah, yeah, it's ongoing. You never beat it, you just manage it. And the conversation continues right after this webcast. Bob's taking more questions. So if you're an Oprah and Friends subscriber, tune in on XM 156 and Sirius 195. Is that where you're going now? That's where I'm going right now. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to bed. Okay, and keep your calls coming for him, because I'm going to bed. I'll be back on the web tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Time for a continuation of our Best Life Week of webcasts. This time, with Dr. Oz tomorrow night, we'll be taking your calls and questions. Go to Oprah.com to find out more information. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bob. You're going to be up late, man. <laughs> Great. Thank you for joining the webcast. Find the support and tools you need to live your best life at oprah.com slash live your best life.